Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Woodwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa G, of folkmagicstudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting. Com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will welcome a special guest, Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas, bringing us today's topic of spiritual mysticism. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can, you can learn a lot just by listening, but if you selected from the, among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat. Hi. Thank you, Papa G, for that fabulous introduction. I just have to say, I was also looking at your Facebook post um, that you have declared is going to be 95 degrees today, the chapel is hot, and you proclaim this to be National Naked Root Worker Day. Celebrate. And and oh, and Virginia right. of our of our social media at the store, she's like, "What in the world?" She's got, "I can't get my post to get that many likes." You've got thirty five hundred people like that post, <laughs> and I said, "I told you, nudity sells." Uh, <laughs> well, well, um, you you know, I'm going to just say something else here. Every day is National <laughs> Naked Root Worker Day in somebody's home. <laughs> oh you blew my mind with that one and it's a picture too folks go out and find them on the internet you'll you'll have a a big laugh wow i don't even (laughs) oh lord all right well papaji is here as our um guest announcer because um clifford is off somewhere probably clothed at this time and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's nice to have you filling in, Papa G. You wonderful, crazy man, you. Um, now, <laughs> I can't top that. Um, I can't top that anyway, without revealing too much about myself. <clears throat> All right. Um, well, things here <clears throat> are cooking along. <clears throat> Papa G and... I are on the committee for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Things are, as usual, uh, lurching between sublime and ridiculous, a little bit up, a little bit down. Getting together a festival like this has a lot 
of moving parts, as we all know, and we are all moving with the moving parts. <clears throat> so um, things are happening, and we are working on sending out some emails to those who have been mailing list customers from our various um, enterprises, both the AISC, CSL, Crystal Silence League, that is, and um, Hoodoo Psychics, also the people who are on the mailing list of Lucky Mojo, mailing list of Aromaji Botanica, a mailing list of um, Temple of Miriam, and so forth and so on. So look for some emails coming up with links and some special information. Um, we're a little slow having gotten that off the ground, but it's flying now, and so um, we're not spamming you. We're just sending you information, and you can always unsubscribe if you want. But um, we want to get those ticket sales up, and one way we know to get them up is to send emails to people who have previously put their names on our mailing list. So that will be coming up within this next few days to a mailbox near you. Of course, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, and you can follow the um, progress of the festival by following the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers Facebook page, the Lucky Mojo Facebook page. You can follow uh, at, at Papa G's Folk Magic Studio page. There's a lot of different um, pages that are promoting the festival. If you need to know more about what's coming on, we've got videos and we've got um, announcements, and things are things are happening. Sales are doing well, but get your tickets now because with all of these projects, the ticket sales go up toward the end, and you want to get your tickets. You missed the early bird already unless you got them, and that was a good discount, but now we're at the dis- a lesser discount, but it's still a discount off the gate price. So get your tickets now. That will help us plan for how many members uh, are going to attend. Uh, remember when you get your uh, membership, you will be signed up automatically for a priority mail goodie box, and that will contain bags and boxes of all the things you need for all of the workshops, each one individually sealed and named. Inside of it, you'll have information and um, and also um, uh, business cards of the person who's presenting so you can figure out which one it is and you'll have all the ingredients you'll need and then as you follow along at the workshops you'll be led <clears throat> to making and doing things you'll also very likely have ingredients left over that you can use in your root work in times to come in a couple of cases you'll have a book that you won't even be able to read during the whole weekend and there are two books this year Hex Appeal by Papa G and um Dolls and Effigies in the Hoodoo and Rootwork Tradition, um, and that is by yours truly, me, Kat. So those books will be in the goodie boxes, and the total value of the goodie box is $100 retail. So that consider that your rebate on your ticket. And um, remember, you need to give your address, because even though the, the festival is virtual, your goodie box is material and will come to you by mail. All right, that's my news for this week. I've been working really hard um, in, uh, you know, trying to get things done. been working on uh, staying uh, on the crest of the wave, as it were. And um, just look for more news about the festival August 13th and 14th, 2022. 
All right. Um, now I'm going to say hello to my wonderful co-host, Conjurman. How are things in your world, Conjurman? I am doing uh, well. Thanks for asking. Always excited to hear of the updates. Uh, for people who uh, or have any hesitations about uh, signing up for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, let me just tell you that the books alone are worth it. <laughs> the amount of books that you get from the workshops, the amount of books that you get uh, from attending, and the, the new books that come out. I, I, I love that the Hoodoo Heritage Festival has been timing their new books with um, or timing the, the Missionary Independent has been timing their new books with the festival because that's very cool. You get to see the author, you get to be introduced to a particular topic, and then you have access to probably some of the, the best material on, on root work around nowadays. We're kind of living in a fascinating renaissance of hoodoo publishing, if you will. Uh, there was a really great, there's a sort of like three periods. There's like the early 20th century period, which was like the beginning of um, the supply shops. You start to see some really cool booklets going out, pamphlets, things about crystal gazing, about all sorts of things. And then you see the second wave, which is kind of 70s or 80s, maybe we'll say, um, with the mm-hmm. rise of, of candlestick books, uh, really kind of, and this was really brought hoodoo and, and new age and hoodoo and whatnot really close together. You start to see some interesting things come out. And now in the 21st century, so the three, uh, whoever writes the history of hoodoo, we'll talk about these three ages of publication, of hoodoo publications. And we're living in a wonderful revival of Renaissance uh, with all these books that are coming out. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, in fact, I was just looking through a Deacon Millet's book the other day um, on Honeywork. Uh, anyone who has a mm-hmm. book is really, really good um, because I've been doing so many uh, reconciliation work. And I mentioned this last week that, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but people are trying to get back together. And I think, um, and we all do it's reconciliation work. It's like we all do. Uh, it's like the number one most requested. But the summer of love, which happens every year, when things get warm and hot, people start to ask about love matters. They just do. Uh, people get horny. People get randy. People are like, hey, I'm, I don't want to spend my summer alone. And so every summer. Mm-mm. Have we lost Conjure Man? He dropped out at horny and randy. Yes. <laughs> He did. He's gone. <laughs> he just got too I horny see him He got cut off from the board. I'll reattach him right now. All right, right. Well, while we're waiting for him to come back, I'm, Jeremy, I'm here. I think, and you'll hear me. Oh, okay. Let me let me just fill in. There. Jeremy Weiss just said something while while he was gone that the value of the goodie box is actually going to be more than a hundred dollars because he, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, is going to be putting in things with a very high ticket value into his boxes and he included a link to a place where you can see what they are so that's a lot of generosity on his part and there are others too who put in a lot of personal work into it okay conjureman's back we stopped at randy and horny then what yes some promotions aside uh what we were talking about was this reconciliation work i mean every summer People, you know, are interested in getting together. And so the summer of love comes around. It's like you could time it. The weather gets warm. People want love work. But this year has been a lot of reconciliation work. And so I was actually working with some sweetening work from Deacon Millett's uh, book. And let me tell you, 
working. It's working. I just got this past Thursday um, some really, really good news from a client that after a long period of not talking, uh, they've had contact. Um, uh, this is about four months they weren't talking, and so now they're finally speaking terms, and that's sweetening work for you. It can break down even some of the toughest, toughest barriers. I do want to mention one other thing before we, we move on, uh, and, and I know we're running short, but I do want to pinpoint because these uh, do act, these, these radio shows do act as a sort of art source for the future, uh, that we're talking in a moment of, of really, really major political debate. Uh, the Supreme Court has basically overturned Roe v. Wade and their Dobbs decision, threatening women's bodily autonomy throughout the nation, and we've seen instant um, sort of abortion bans go into effect in a variety of different red states. For those of you that are root workers, remember you are healers, first and foremost, and healers of communities. And it was in times past that root workers worked uh, to help women with their bodily autonomy, to deal with things like pregnancy, to deal with things... Um, like, like facing uh, any attempt by the state or the police to control their body. In many ways, root working is the ability of the poor and the oppressed to be empowered against overwhelming force. After all, it comes out of the black community. So be mindful of what's going on politically and socially. Stand in solidarity. And this is the time to be lighting your candles, whether it's for justice, whether it's for power, or for the destruction of corrupt and evil judges. Well, I agree with all of that, and I'm going to tie this around a little bit and loop back one more time. You mentioned the three waves of hoodoo book publishing. Mm. Um, in the, this current third wave, there's a kind of a division between those who just sort of strike off on their own and come up with their own stuff, and those, um, many of them associated with me, because this has been my primary flag-carrying <laughs> mission, to go back to earlier material, even um, mm-hmm. to material yeah. of the 19th century, and to honor the names, insofar as we can find them, at least the towns and the dates at which older yeah. pieces of folklore, folkloric spells were collected, so that my books tend to always talk about before, actually, even that first wave of publication or around that same time, the, the time of the 1890s to the 19. 19- Forty to you know is where we're looking at, and it's been interesting to me as this Roe v. Wade uh, decision has been overturned. We are going back to something that root workers were well known to do and be yeah. secretly known for, and you can read about it if you go into um, a deeper dive into who it was who Harry Hyatt interviewed and took notes about Mm -hmm. in his um, 1,600 black practitioners he interviewed. Now, not all of them were professionals, but some were. And some of them, his his notebooks were lost and their names were lost, but their names have been, uh, can be found either through his memory, little notes he left, or through them naming themselves within their own interview. And you can look them up in old census reports and you can find out what they did for a living. And many of these women are listed as midwives. And this Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. um, they were midwives, but they were also, generally speaking, a midwife of that time period also usually could um, be a competent abortionist and 
also, um, a, a, you know, do um, aftercare, you know, for babies and things like that. I would, you know, and uh, perinatal um, work as a doctor because there were often no doctors available in these rural black communities. So this is a, a really interesting um, thing that has come up, and I believe that the woman's movement prepared us for this. My mother fought so hard for legal abortion. She'd had an illegal abortion um, when she was young, and it had um, been very, very um, threatening to her health. But, you know, afterwards she did have me. I had an illegal abortion in Juarez, Mexico, and she and I marched together for women's Mm. rights and I just think of her looking down from wherever she is going, fuck, <laughs> because she used cursy words. Um, and um, and here I am, a grandmother, and we're having it all to do again. But remember that hoodoo has traditionally been practiced by women who were what you would call uncredentialed healthcare workers to the women's community. I just call them that and leave it at that. So there is a place for this. There's also a place for, yes, justice work, court case work, but there is a place for us to band with other women and provide whatever herbal and uh, medical and um, situational and financial and um, what is becoming known as camping um, uh, facilities for those who have to travel to get a legal abortion. If you all um, ever hear this radio show and abortions aren't legal where you are, just call Lucky Mojo. We'll we'll try to help you. Okay? <laughs> There's a lot of women out there who are willing to help. All right. Thank you very much for bringing that up, Conjure Man. It's a it's a, a difficult topic to address, and it has caused a lot of um, harshness in social media. And to those who think that someone offering to help in the future are simply virtue signaling or speaking from a position of privilege and will not actually come through, well, there's always a few posers. Don't worry about it. There are hundreds and thousands, millions of women who live through getting illegal abortions and know how to um, get people where they need to go and will pay for it. And I have to say a big shout-out to a woman. I don't want to say her name because I don't have her permission to say her name, but her initials are KS, who paid for her and me to travel from the Bay Area by air to Juarez, Mexico, where we were lost in the rain in Juarez. And it was Easter time, too. It was Easter break, so we could go down and have that little tourist trip to Mexico, stayed with me the entire time I got my illegal in Mexico, but but conducted by a woman doctor and um, abortion, and then um, came back with me on the airplane, got me back home, and put me to bed. And she paid for everything. Why? Because she had the means, and she had been through it herself before. Women help women. Please do not think that women offering to help take someone on a camping trip or a tourist trip to Mexico or whatever we're going to call it this year, um, that that they are um, speaking from a position of privilege and virtue signaling. Not true. 
you'd be surprised who's had an abortion and will help you get one. Reach out. All right. End of preaching. Ah. Now it's a hard jump from there to our topic of the day, which is spiritual mysticism. And I'm going to just take a breath and let it go. And I'm going to welcome our guest, who has been with us a number of times before and is um, a producer of her own um, YouTube channel and her own stuff, and will be a presenter at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And this is uh, my good friend, Ramona Scott. Welcome to the show again, Ramona. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. How is everyone? <laughs> oh, well, we're we're reeling and rocking. How about that? <laughs> First of all, before we get to your topic, I don't want to leave you off the subject. Do you have anything to say about Roe versus Wade, or can we just, you know, you got a moment um, on that one? Wow, if you ever if you looked at my page, I had a, have a lot to say and I was on a show uh the other night um with and I guess I was the only one that was pro uh women's rights. Mhm. And it's mm-hmm. um it's just I just I, I can't it just makes me too angry, but I will say this, that there are more women than men on this planet. Mm-hmm. And if these women would get together and stand up to this tyranny going on, because think about it, not only uh, is it your body rights, but every right that you have achieved is at stake. Mm-hmm. Every single one. It's only been since the 1980s that husbands were considered doing a criminal act and raping their wives. Mm-hmm. They can easily take that law away. Mm-hmm. Having your own credit. Mm-hmm. They can take that. See, these these are things that people have to to take into consideration. And if they don't, man, better <laughs> talk to your grandmothers or your great grandmothers if they're still alive, and let them tell mm-hmm. you what it was like. Because this mm-hmm. is is not headed to a good place. Not all I'm going to say. Well, you've said it, and you've said it well. This goes way beyond abortion rights. Birth control um, and financial credit, the ability to own property, the ability to uh, bring charges um, for someone against, for, against someone for spousal rape. Folks don't know how recent these things are. Listen to your grandmothers. <laughs> Yep. Yep. For real. We know what we're talking about. And and this is um and as Shiva says, even voting is relatively recent. Damn yes. right. And 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 in Texas there they had a, a Republican convention uh and mm-hmm. on that list of things that are going to be addressed when they get the power is taken away. Voting rights. Mm-hmm. Taking away voting rights. 
and mm-hmm. only giving them to a, a select category. That's right. That's right. And you, my right. dear Ramona, you, my dear Ramona, are sitting right in the middle of Texas, aren't you? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. But they have well, the right one sitting here. <laughs> it's a it's a mess. Well, yeah. Um, let's talk about spiritual mysticism. And mysticism is um, I'm just going to introduce the topic. Spiritual. Most people think of spiritual as having to do with non-carnate or discarnate entities, spirits. These can be God or deities or archangels, angels, they can be spirits of the dead, they can be spirits of ancestors specifically, they can be spirits of animals, spirits of trees. The idea that there is a way to contact the inner spirit of a living being or the entirety of a discarnate being, that is what constitutes spirituality and spiritualism, a belief in spirit. There is also mysticism. Now, mysticism is a much more slippery word. It usually has to do with a belief that an individual can achieve some um, path through and in the spirit world. But it also can be taken to be a belief in magic, mysticism and magic. It can be taken to mean a belief in self-regulation through meditation, yoga, Reiki, and other forms of um, spiritual therapeutics. So mysticism can also be um, categorized as that which is visionary. So there is there are people who are drug mystics. They take a drug and have a vision. There are people who are natural uh, mystics who see visions of heaven, some regularly, some rarely, maybe only once in their life. Their mysticism is a very slidey word. It covers a lot of things, but it usually is experiential, which is um, a little different than than um, spiritual, which is more about organizing knowledge into um, groups of spirits. So, That's all I have to say about it. I want to open this up. You're the one who brought us the topic. Um, Tell me if I was wrong in anything I said, and tell me what your take is on spiritual mysticism and how it can help us. Um, You you were absolutely correct. And um, I would only add uh, the practice of religious ecstasies, ultimate you know, you mentioned in alternate states like taking drugs, but I've seen people just go into them. Um, there's the ideologies, the ethics, the myths, the legends, all of mm-hmm. that. And uh, it's derived from uh, the mystic in the Greek, mm-hmm. which uh, sort of kind of means an initiate of a secret cult or mystery religion. And so it, it's, it's found in um, the Abrahamic uh, religions. Um, it's found in other religions. And it's found in those that don't practice a religion. Mm-hmm. And it has been around 
for a very long time. And what made me bring up this was um, I was sitting in meditation and I thought, you know what? I heard a voice and it says, you know, you need to look up mystics. And when I did, I said, so that is what we would, all of us who are are in a practice of some sort, would be considered. Back in ancient times, we would be considered mystics. Even now, we would be considered mystics. And what goes along with that? Um, There there have been a number of uh, people who that were famous for being um, mystics in history. And I concentrated, I was studying the black women who were, like you could say Sojourner Truth was a mystic because mm-hmm. her, her decision to do what she ended up doing, her calling, came to her through a mystical experience. And I don't mm-hmm. know if a lot of people know that. Um, oh, why don't you tell is, about it? Uh, go ahead and tell about it for those who don't know. Okay. Um, I guess she called it like her God's all-abiding presence. Mm-hmm. And she, she, her mother would take them out at night and tell them the, how to get around the treatment and their situation, how they could call on God and God would help them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure which God she was referring to, um, mm-hmm. but um, this is what she was taught as a child. And so she, you know, she took that in. She believed in that. And mm-hmm. what happened was one one moment in time she was in um, a quandary and she started calling on God because she she was she was in one household and then sold to another that treated her horribly. And during this prayer, this communion, she received she received a message that she was in order to be made whole or made into something, you have to die or give up the being that you are. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. And in doing so, a new creation would be born with a new mission. And mm-hmm. thus, as she looked around, she realized uh, it came to her that mm-hmm. I am to be a liberator. And she took on that role, and she mm-hmm. was successful with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's a yeah, that's a beautiful uh, description. And um, 
You know, I'm, I'm going to um, say something about mystical experiences changing one's life. They they come to people often under extreme circumstances, but not always. Yes. You know, there are people who will go to a retreat to have a mystical experience, and one of the most important ones is to know what your mission is in life or what you are best suited for or where you should go or how you should approach the world. Other mystical experiences are given to learn your inner or secret name, to learn what your um, powers are, whether they are spiritual powers or career powers. The mystical retreat, the mystical walkabout, these are ways of inducing that experience um, Sojourner Truth was put into, you know, a hellish experience and, you know, opened herself to um, a mystical, um, I guess you could call it, mystical download of information from the universe, from God, right? This is what you should do. But many of us um, will take a moment, very often young in life, but some people uh, do it later in life, to... Just stop all the processes of daily life and look within, look above, look below, wherever you're going to look, and ask for a message, a sign. What is it going to be? What is the vision to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's like, it is life-altering. When, sometimes when you least expect it. Sometimes you're not going, like you said, under something uh, traumatic or horrendous or whatever. It's just, you know, the openness of your heart to that love, I think, and this is my uh, opinion, to open up yourself to the greater love of the cosmos, of the higher being of that which we are connected to will open your mind up and allow you to see and hear and know things that are without logic or without reason. They're just there, put to you. And mm-hmm. some of us will brush them off you know, like, oh, this is crazy. Oh, that's a, what? Where did that come from? And others will embrace it and say, this must have happened for a reason, and and continue to receive this information and act upon it, because if you open yourself up to the love that is coming with this information, it's empowering. And and you begin to know what it is exactly you are meant to do and the knowledge you are meant to share. You know, you said something something important here, which is positive. Um, Mystical experiences tend to be positive. And that is one way that I, in dealing with clients who are, going through an unbidden mystical experience, suddenly all of a sudden they're looking around and the world has changed for them. If it's very, very negative, it's not usually a mystical experience. It's usually um, 
demonic or mental illness. The one key to mystical experiences is that they tend to be positive and to leave you with a path forward. Wouldn't you agree to that? Yes. Yes, definitely. And and also, too, you must be prepared, though, if you share these experiences. They may not always be well-received, but neither neither was uh, Jesus' teaching, you know, <laughs> uh, or Buddha's, for that matter, mm-hmm. you know, or Gandhi, you know. But they had they had the um what's the word I'm looking confidence of knowing mm-hmm. that that they are doing what they are meant to do by a higher being for good intentions. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps them doing their stuff even against odds, against scrutiny, against uh anything negative. Uh, mm-hmm. that would come out from that. And, and I think that's important for people to learn because I think in in our spirituality, um, we are so indoctrinated as to how we should proceed, you know, proceed. Mm-hmm. What is allowed? And if you deviate from that, and this is in, in organized religions and things, then you're an outcast. But and that is true. M- M- mystics, often, yeah, mystics often do become outcasts. I want to bring in uh, Contraband. He's been pretty quiet here. Um, uh, some of the things that have been broached here in the chat while we've been talking are that um, the negative ones are characterized as spiritual emergencies. That's a very good way to say that, Nagashiva. I agree. Oh, wow. And um, spiritual emergency is not the same as spiritual mysticism. And then Shiva also mentions uh, using spiritual products to assist in bringing about um, such a state. And he gives Mm. a few product names such as Clarity, Psychic Vision, King Solomon Wisdom. And um, he also mentions resin incenses, which are, have a much more powerful for this kind of work than powder incenses or stick incenses. Um, and he also talks about psychoactive incenses, such as artemisius and cannabis. And there's also a another thing, which is the use of tools, such as a crystal ball, palm stone, or um, other um, tools, usually that are uh, scrying in water, scrying in oil, are more common for induction of a mystical state than, say, for instance, laying out to row cards in rows. Okay? Right. Hmm. Um, and so let me let me bring Conjurman in. What do you have to say about some of this? Yeah, I think, um, I think we should be mindful here. While it is certainly true that uh, mystics can feel ostracized, exiled, uh, outcasted. There's a real uh, Christian framing, and I should say white American Christian framing, to the way that we're talking about mysticism as if it is separate from religion when it's not. Um, while you can have mystical experiences while not being part of a religious tradition, many religious traditions have a mystical tradition. 
I think here, for example, of the way in which uh, the Kabbalah cannot be separated from Judaism. Right. In the way Sufism cannot be separated from Islam. That right. their mysticism is not just about uh, those things that people on the outside do, but is the esoteric experience of religion just as the exoteric is the practice of religion. So you have Khalaqah law in Judaism, you have Sharia in Islam, which is the, the practice of religion. How to pray, how to fast, how to do, how to read the Quran or the Bible, and so on and so forth. But the experiential component is fundamentally mystical. There is nothing separate from that. That one who is religious would have both the exoteric experience, they know how to pray, they know how to fast, they know how to, you know, whatever religious obligations they have, they know how to fulfill those. But they also have a connection to the divine. And that the divine can work through them, speak to them through the mystical, through the experience of unification of the spirit. And so Sufis and Kabbalists, these people are not, uh, while they can be uh, outcasts, they are fundamental to the religion. They are part of the core spiritual discipline. And so it's important for us not to fall into this framework that often uh, gets replicated, which is a very Protestant, very white, very Christian understanding of mysticism. The same is true for uh, black Christianity. We can find that the mystical experience is quite common in Southern black Baptist churches less common say in white. So for example, the experience of prophecy, the experience of tongues, the experience of being able to be moved by spirit and having that mystical and personalized experience of the divine is not an uncommon practice. If you enter into a black church, you're going to find prophets. You're going to have to find people who will speak. You're going to find less of that in your local mega church where they're, you know, singing Christian rock songs. So slightly different experiences there. So we should be mindful of the way in which mysticism is part of the, the history of religion here. But when we say the experience with the divine, what this fundamentally means is that mysticism is the reminder that humans have a direct connection to the divine. Yeah. The divine is not mediated through anything else, even ritual. While rituals can help us connect to the divine, prayer can help us connect to the divine, magic can help us connect to the divine and channel the divine, at the end of the day, the human spirit is a spark from that divine flame. And that remains true in, in many world traditions, in many world religions, and is why people can experience uh, the divine, even if they don't fall within the parameters of religious orthodoxy or religious uh, regulated uh, you know, practice. And so we often find that mysticism can become the domain of those that are not religious scholars or people who've been excluded from those spaces. Women in particular have often throughout history been famed as mystics. St. Teresa's, for example, ecstatic experience is a mystical experience. This at its core speaks to a spiritual condition that we call divine love. The unity with the divine, which the, the Sufis called fana, annihilation of the ego, which, um, you know, in Buddhism, the escape from, from moksha, from the cycle, reaching nirvana, right? Or the cycle of samsara, reaching moksha and reaching nirvana. This unification of the individual with the divine collective, a reminder that we are not alone, that we are not separate, but we are all drops in an ocean, and that we can connect to that depth. 
it is deeply moving, it's deeply transformative, and it is something that we all have access to. Everybody can be a mystic. Everyone can have mystical experiences. Everyone can connect to the divine. And there is unlimited support and power in that. Um, you know, I think, Ms. Kate, you said something really profound and that, that people often have um, mystical experiences in moments of difficulty, right? In these spiritually mm-hmm. difficult moments. And I think there's a reason for that, because in those spiritually difficult moments, we learn that we may not be able to rely on all the things that are around us, but we can rely on that unbroken connection to God, the unbroken connection to divine. And it's in those moments when we feel truly, truly alone that we realize we're not actually alone. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. the moment, right? When you hit that rock bottom, you go, wait a minute, there's no bottom here, there's a cushion. <laughs> Oh, is she gone again? No, no, I was just, oh. I cut out just oh, briefly, okay. but I was I just, just saying. I heard. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying that there is, there's always going to be that connection, and there's ways of cultivating it. I think magic and mysticism work really well hand in hand, um, and so you'll often find magical practitioners and mystical states going. Like I think Nagashida mentioned various products that you can do. I also think regular prayer regimens, regular. Uh, meditation regimens are also really good, useful spiritual discipline tools that can help us with mysticism. I'm I'm going to point out um, something here again that come come up in the uh, chat. The idea is um, how many religions do revile mystics, and and how many appreciate them. And um, Jeremy is talking about. Um, the idea of prophetic dreams that were sent to Egyptian pharaohs and and they were not even followers of the Jewish God, but the Jewish God spoke to them. So sometimes, and what he's getting to here more generally, is that sometimes the divine that one receives is not the divine in which one was raised. And exactly. we have many ex- examples of people who... Um, suddenly go into a state in which a divinity uh, known to them to be from a different religion speaks to them. They may change religion because of it or may become pan-religious or non-religious because of it. And there were also, in addition to the examples of the uh, Islamic Sufis and the um, Jewish Kabbalists, there's also um, the Buddhist retreats Mm -hmm. in which like Zen Buddhism, in which meditation is uh, the major um, program that's being followed. And there are Christian mystics who often will Mm -hmm. go with the idea of private meditation because there's a line in the Bible about going into your closet and praying. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they will do that privately rather than in a group. And so it's a... It's um, a fallacy to say that all Christianity condemns mysticism. And as you pointed out, the black churches are particularly yep. welcome to mystics and prophets. Yeah, exactly. And But there are other groups, um, the... The um, cultures, shamanism. Yeah, yeah, and spirit, spiritualism as a religion tends to embrace mysticism, as does the New mm-hmm. Age cluster of religions Hinduism is a group well. and Hinduism my gosh yes the sadhus and the and the gurus these are um glimpses at a much wider world than that which is um 
represented by evangelical Christianity, um, which started off this program with a damnable <laughs> banning of abortion, <laughs> right? Um, the 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 fact that so many people in America live under the threatening uh, patriarchy of evangelical Christianity is something, again, as a grandmother, I'm going to say this was not always so. This was right. not always so. And yeah, yeah. Um, just look back into the history of, of any religion. There are time periods where mysticism is encouraged, and there are time periods where it is discouraged. There are, uh, right now we're in a, in a very, very repressive era of Christianity, mm-hmm. but it has not always been so. Right. And those repressive eras are fundamentally about controlling and mediating who has access to the divine, right? Because it's about investing a certain group of people with power, whether they're priests or they're deacons or they're bishops or whatever they are. Whenever someone says mysticism is bad or you can't do this, you can't do that, there's always an attempt to restrict your connection to the divine because the mystical experience is fundamentally uh, highly personal. It's the reminder mm-hmm. that each and every individual, not, not just the learned scholar, not just the ordained priest, but that the orphan, that the, the, the homeless person, the unhoused person, the, the poor person on the street, that every single one of those people are divine. Mm-hmm. That the quote-unquote untouchables of society, the unmentionables of society are also divine. And that they can have a connection with that divine and they can speak to God and God can speak to them. And so that's a threatening, that type of egalitarianism, that type of radical equality, spiritual radical equality is a threat to certain power structures. And so whenever you see historical moments of restricting mysticism or are decrying mysticism, they generally go hand in hand with attempts of wresting power or preserving power within a certain group of people. And this is say the same true with magic, right? We just recently had a really good conversation about privilege, magic, etc. And the, uh, similar themes can be played out here with mysticism, as mysticism and magic often operate in this similar idea that anybody has access to power that anybody and everybody has access to empowerment and the divine. And that can be a scary thought if your entire world revolves around you and only you having access (laughs) to that power. And suddenly, you know, the the midwife down the street is talking about her personal relationship with God and experiencing divine love. They're like, oh, shit, someone is usurping my authority. And so there's, there's these moments of historical restriction do exist and certain religions that are definitely more uncomfortable with it. Uh, I do want to ask both of you all, um, what are things that you do to help? And we've mentioned some things in passing, but I want to turn to the practical, being the tourist that I am. What are some things that you do to cultivate um, mystical experiences, mystical states? I can mention that for me, fasting plays a big role. So I will spend, if I want to connect with the divine, I want to have a mystical experience, I fast for periods at a time, uh, sometimes in several days and beyond the sort of traditional fast. I do these supplementary fasts uh, before I want to really experience that. And so that really helps to break away from, from you know, what's going on in my daily life and help me connect in the divine and my prophetic dreams really come on strong during fasting my experience with the divine comes on the the omens all of that really becomes heightened during fast what are some things that you two do to help cultivate mystical experiences well ramona 
Um, why don't you give us some of your techniques? I can sum up mine in a very, very briefly. I don't do so well with fasting, but I do pretty well with sitting outdoors alone in nature. How about yeah. you, Ramona? That's me. And usually at night, uh, I'm truly affected by the moon and the night and the stars. And so oh, that's beautiful. Go outside naked. Mm-hmm. Um, unencumbered, and just do my prayer on a, a specific um, thing that I am seeking. And basically, that's it. Um, I do it in dreams before I go to sleep uh, and I shut everything out. And I get a lot of answers that way also. Um, And that's basically prayer, the night sky, and my dreams. And nakedness. You mentioned nakedness, too. And nakedness. Yeah. Because I don't want any someone from as is. Yeah, I also prefer nakedness, too. So that's interesting. Now we're circling back to Papa G and National Naked Root Worker Day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you you know about because at first I um, because like in Jewish tradition um, they had the tearing of the sackcloth and and stuff in mm -hmm. ancient times, I guess. And you know, I I was thinking about that and and I said, you know, how can I get down and and just put myself out there and the answer came to just strip down naked as Mm -hmm. I came in as I'll go out you know Mm -hmm. and and that became one of the things that I do when I'm when I'm really need some answers I know Catholics, they probably, I think they have the, uh, they used to anyway. I don't know what they're doing now, but like when they go into deep prayer and stuff, they hit themselves with those, uh, uh, I forget what they're called. Oh, flogging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. And, And this has never worked for me, but it is historically important. It's sometimes called mortification of the flesh. And, um, that it can involve hitting themselves with um, little leather knots or straps. You know that was done quite a bit by the monks in medieval time in, in Catholicism, and there are um, Hindu sadhus who also do various types of um, I would call um, damaging of the of the integument of the skin. In other words, just taking their clothes off isn't enough for them. They they actually damage their skin surface to one way or another with piercing or with stretching or pulling or whatever it might be. There's the uh, Native American sun dance, um, which in which a person is um, strung with a string through uh, their, the skin of their chest. Um, right. For for many people, and and this is difficult for people like me to understand, but for many people. Um, a disturbance of the integument of the skin 
um, brings about a mystical state. Some people like to get tattooed, for instance. The pain of being tattooed causes them to go into a mystical trance state, and they become what one friend of mine called tattoo hogs. They they become they want more and more tattooing because it is their way out of the uh, mundane world. And it, I used to look at that and kind of cringe, but I begin to see that no, this is this is another well recognized way of working. Um, it can go to extremes, as can fasting. People can die from fasting. People can die from mm-hmm. mortification of the flesh. But that is a well known method. And thank you for mentioning it. It is truth to tell a method that gives me um, real cringy horrors. But I, you know, but I. I had to learn by um, conversing with others that it is serious to them. It it does have meaning for them. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an important point that that any type of attempt at a mystical experience, at the connection with this divine, is going to be highly personalized. There are sort of well, true worn paths that you can take, right? Prayer, fasting, uh, rituals, certain herbs, all these things that have been time-tested, if you will. But at the end of the day, because it is so personal, people are going to have different reactions, right? Like you, for example, might not be drawn to it. Similarly, like I don't think for me, I can respect body modification and tattooing and whatnot, but I don't think for me that would be a way to connect for the divine personally, Right. Um, mm-hmm. whereas for you, being naked out in nature works really well, where someone else would be like, oh, my God, I couldn't do that. I would feel so self-conscious. Or I wouldn't be able to connect. So everyone has these kind of personal, different approaches, and that's okay. There are well-worn paths. Find them, locate them, see what works for you. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to forge a little bit of your own path when it comes to this. Try what works. See if it works for you, and if it doesn't, explore and find what connects, what helps you to let go of the ego and really connect with the divine collective. Um, that may be something as simple as, as you know, wood carving. Hopefully, <laughs> mm-hmm. have mystical experiences exactly. doing things like that, but you're going to have to find it. There are these really personal, individualized components to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, another Shiva mentioned in the chat, uh, sacred sex, sexual um, oh, yeah. methods oh, yeah. of, uh, of achieving um, uh, contact with the divine. And um, I wrote an article about that called The Biological Basis of Sacred Sex. You can find it online. And there is our bumper music. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Always thank you, Ramona. Yeah, thank you, Ramona, for bringing... You know, we started with Randy and Horny, and we ended with Sacred Sex. <laughs> thank you, guys. Um, yes, this... this Wow, <laughs> listening to everyone was amazing. Yeah, there's... Yeah, well, we. it's wonderful to get together with other people and talk about these somewhat secret matters. All right, Papa G is waiting to bring in our first client, so let's give the floor to him. Papa G, take it away. Thank you, Ms. Chad. So I want to go through over support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, 
a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodie Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodie practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Associated Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. And we're having trouble finding them at the moment. We had Maybe a Shiva. Ago and they disappeared a bit ago. Yes, ah. they're not on the line. Sorry, we'll have to take their call um, with them not on the line. They are listening, and they're in the chat. Good, good. So I have their question, and it is, so it is Bible, and they have indicated that they have not had a reading from Cat or Conjure Man or any member of AIR before. They are calling from Romania. And their question is, I'm looking for an occupation, but I'm encountering difficulties because I'm a shy person as well as having some mild symptoms of autism. The communication with other people is difficult and challenging. I want to know if I will find an occupation anytime soon that will be suitable for me. Any advice for a person in my situation from a spiritual perspective? Okay. Well, um, Fievel is calling from Romania and so is not online but is in the chat. Um, I'm going to give the first reading on this to Conjurman. Ramona will do the second reading, and then I'm going to come in with some root work advice. So take it away, Conjurman. Yeah, thanks, Miss Kat. So I was casting uh, geomantic figures as the reading as the situation was being read out to see what uh, will happen, when it will happen, what the possibilities are, how fate will unfold here. And the first figure that we have is uh, Fortuna Minor. This is an indication of wanting to change your circumstances, but not being in the ideal situation for it being changed. It is not a bad figure. It's a good figure. It generally indicates empowerment. It indicates success. It indicates good things. But on a small scale, it usually just means that the environmental factors are not entirely where you need them to be, and you might need some assistance. So this is an indication of where things stand now. It is a solar figure, so working with the movements of the sun will be quite good for you. It'll help, uh, it'll help uh, empower your magical work, so the rising of the sun, the culminating of the sun, as well as the movement of the sun through the zodiac. Uh, you might, for example, wait until the sun moves into Leo, which will happen uh, quite soon, in, in a few weeks, uh, where you can then really work with a sun that is empowered. It's in its home sign, it's rising, or if it's culminating, really will work well in your instance. But also as an indication that you should be reaching or finding some type of a divisor or ally uh, who will help guide you through this situation. This can be a spiritual counselor or it can be someone who has been in a similar position to you. Maybe it's a, a job that you're really interested in, but you don't know how to break into that career or that profession, but this person is part of that career or profession. You can connect or reach out to them and they can do it. This is how I did it. Here's how you can do it. 
There needs to be some form of assistance here because on your own, while the desire is good, it may not be enough. Positive things, but positive things that need a little bit push. So environmental factors and support are required here. Then we look to what the future holds, and the future holds for Tuna Mayo. This is the major fortune. Again, a solar figure. It is quite literally the image flipped, indicating that the circumstances will be reversed, and you will be victorious, and you will be successful, and you will achieve what you want. So there is a very good and strong indication that, yes, you will find the job that is ideally suited for you, where you feel comfortable in the social circumstances. You don't feel like you need to be overextending yourself socially or interacting with people in ways that make you feel uncomfortable. That helps to meet you where you're at. And given the circumstances that we all are living in, the increase in remote work, at-home work, long-distance work, as well as all sorts of creative and new and innovative industries, I do think you can find something for you that will be ideal. This also gives us a little bit of a timing indication. The timing will probably be later in the summer, closer towards August, mid-August is when you'll start to see a breakthrough. So bear that in mind that you're still a few weeks out from seeing your circumstances change entirely. It may seem like nothing is going in the direction that you want it to go to until suddenly everything sort of the, the the dam breaks and everything opens up. So you'll see this shift happen eventually, but be patient with it. You may not see it in June, you may not see it in July, but by mid-August, you're like, oh, wow, this was the job I was looking for, and they've got an opening. All right, I'm going to apply for it. So just be aware of that, that there's going to be this like, sudden opening that happens, and that's, that's your key to take the right so there is a good indication. And finally, we look at Pakali, the judge. This is, tells us the overall outcome. And here we have Albus, which is the figure of the wise cup. This is uh, an, a sign of abundance and of spiritual and emotional fulfillment. This is good because while Fortuna Minor and Fortuna Mayor speaks to sort of fortune, the material circumstances, Albus really speaks to the spiritual and emotional circumstances. So it's not just that you will find a job, but you will find a job that is emotionally satisfying to you, that will meet you where you are at. The person who is going to be central to your aid is likely going to be a mercurial figure. This person might be a Virgo or a Gemini, or they'll have some type of mercurial component in their name. You might see in their office they have a symbol of Hermes or Mercury, or maybe they have the alchemical medical symbol, the Caduceus, something like that that will really be like, oh, this is this person. So be mindful that you will see a very clear sign that they have some connection to Mercury, and that will be your indication that that person is your ally and will help you to get into the career that you want. So the overall answer here is yes, you will achieve what you desire. It will come around mid-August to late August. And to be mindful that you need some spiritual and uh, advice here, that some type of spiritual support is required, some type of advice in order to change your environmental circumstances. I'm going to turn this over to Ramona, who will do your next reading, and then Ms. Kat will give you root work recommendations. Um, yes, just one moment. Before we, before we go to Ramona, I just want to say that five will posted in the chat. They are a Leo. So all ah, of this perfect. stuff. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, just thought, I didn't know if you caught that while you were talking. 
Yeah. Ah, thank you. And what, yes. And Nail what on the was head. your <laughs> what was your third um, uh, um, geomancy figure? figure? I didn't hear the Albus. 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 Okay. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead now, Ramona. Okay. Um, Bible. I, I agree um, wholeheartedly with Conjure Man, and I'm also seeing that you know there is someone. Uh, a dark-haired person, male, older, um, has high standards, and he demonstrates them in his own work. And even though they might be a bit stern, it could be a father figure or someone that you look up to, but they will help challenge you to be your best self. And you should choose to take the advice that he gives you because he has only your best interest at heart. He can see the things in you that no one else can see, especially yourself, okay? Um, give yourself and others high standards and push yourself to be the best that you can be. And I want you to, after this show is over and everything, I want you to sit down and I want you to list everything that you feel you are good at, okay? And then you go from there, and that is the path that you will take. Um, the second card that I chose for you was the Ace of Pentacles, and that's, that's the card of new opportunities that are available to you. And it, that's the card that can help you secure a job, a higher position even if you were working. So this is a very good card, a very yes card on that. Um, and I wanted to tell you that there's no doubt that you will get a job, and I'm seeing towards the end of summer, July, August, in that area. And, um, you know, just put, put everything you got into it, and, and that will be the start of something great because great energy and good energy is coming your way, and you should welcome it like a breath of fresh air. The last card that I picked for you was the Page of Cups, and I have it to represent you in a lot of ways because this is a cup of imaginative, sensitive, and a creative person. And in a reading regarding your career, you might want to focus on creative fields like art, fashion, poetry, music, or any field that you can use your innate talent to create something because that is who I'm feeling you are. Um, you often have trouble putting, putting your feelings into words, and thus your creative outlets tend to be places where they can express themselves. And that is what you have going for you. Um, just make sure that you're not simply daydreaming about your work goals, but you are actually putting effort and taking action to make them become real. You know, just follow your dreams. Don't think about any kind of disability that you, you know, just push that aside because you, you will be working and you will be finding out who you are. And that's what I have for you, and I turn this over to Kat. 
All right. Um, before I take it up, Ramona, you have put down a three-card spread, and the first card escaped my typing. What was that? It was the King of, King of Swords. Ah, King of Swords. Okay. And that is someone also who works with other people. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I look at reading, and especially because you are a Leo, and because um, Ollie pulled some specific timing issues that he said the sun would be involved. You are a Leo. He didn't know that. You are a Leo ruled by the sun, and he was saying to wait until the sun is in Leo to really move forward. And um, Ramona also had a card that had a you know good energy for the um, summer, summer uh, energy. I look at this and say let's work on and she also mentioned making a list of what you're interested in. I say, let's look on this as a long-term root work project. I want you to think about not just doing this like I'm going to get a job next week, but start with what she said. Make a list of what interests you. Now, as a person who's on the autism spectrum myself, one of the important things I've learned is to seek um, jobs or occupations where my skills and talent are more valued than my social uh, connectivity, which is pretty minimal. And I can um, talk like I'm doing now pretty well because I have a lot of um, information in my head, but I don't do so well in group situations talking. I, I tend to try to avoid those things. And I, that comes out of years and years of experience of what people thought of me. And rather than saying, damn, they didn't like my autistic affect, I just go, I'll find a job where my autistic affect is just not going to be that important. So I became a graphic designer, typesetter, things that I produce from myself on my own time, and yet I can produce them to deadline if I have to. So that may be just speaking as one autistic person to another, working from your own inner creativity may help. So now in just in being happy on a job. If you don't suffer from severe anxiety or anything like that, sure, you can go in and report to a group of people, but you might find it more comfortable to work in small teams or work remotely or work freelance um, where you work by the job rather than always having an, um, a structure around you that you don't understand or um <laughs> even see, I, I I don't know what the word is. If you're autistic, you know what I mean. You don't even get it. So okay, so start with a list of what your talents are, and we're going to start with your gifts. Make a list of your gifts. Put that in one column. This can be things like I have good hand-eye coordination. I have a large vocabulary. I memorize things easily. These are things that come to you naturally that you did not have to study for. And then I want you to make another list of your skills. You know, I have trained to distinguish uh, fonts, or I'm, I know calculus in addition to having just good math sense, whatever it may be. So your, your, your talents or gifts on the one column and your skills, and then the third column, your experience. And so that would be, I've only done this for myself, I, I have a degree in this, whatever it would be. And now I want you to look at those three lists and sort of try to refine them down, if you can, to your top three talents, your top three um, trained, you know, self-trained skills, and your top three experiences 
that have been credentialed or acknowledged by others if possible. If you can't come up with three in any of those things, take a moment and start working on filling that out. In other words, gee, maybe I should go and get my GED in high school. I know you don't have that in Romania, but we do here. Maybe I should get my GED, or maybe I should get an associate's degree, or maybe I should go to a training school. So make sure that you do have three in every area, because then you'll be hireable. Now, once you have those three, I want you to get three candles. And under each candle, you're going to write what your three gifts are, what your three um, skills are, and what your three experiences are. And the experiences one is the one that always needs the most help. You know, gee, I learned how to milk cows at summer camp, but am I ready to become a full-time cow milker at a dairy barn? You know, those are the kind of things you want to kind of up your game a little bit. But when you have those three kind of balanced, you're going to get three candles, and you can use any size of candle. If you want to, you can use different colors to represent them, but I just use three white candles and be happy with that. And um, you're going to, in the middle of this, every place that you apply for a job will have some kind of logo. So each time you apply, let's say you're going to apply to the telephone company. You put the logo of the telephone company, you put those three candles with your three lists, right? And you light them and you pray and burn that candle and say, may the telephone company please hire me. When you go to fill out the application, um, put a little bit of um, steady work oil or some kind of job getting oil or pray to St. Joseph the worker or any deity who is in charge of workers. And and then um, um, put a little of that oil on your fingertips and thumbs, rub it into your palms of your hands, and then type your application out. Um, you can also, if you give in paper uh, applications, which some people still like, especially if they have you in for an interview. You can um, dust your papers with a little steady work powder and then tap it and the powder will fly off. You can wear in your shoes um, a little bit of a, of a, a piece of paper on which you um, have written um, the names of those who can guide and help you, whether those are spirits or whether it's a... Uh, uh, you know, a psalm that is of good help. And uh, I know that there are very many spells for this kind of work. There is a um, um, psalm, uh, number 61, uh, is sometimes used for job getting. And um, I, I find it, you know, it's it's pretty good. You know, it's a good one, and you can write that down and put it in the uh, sole of your foot. Some people will use salt and gravel root, if you can find that in Romania. Gravel root is a plant that's used in America. All right, I think I've given enough spell work here, and um, if you can carry those things with you, the, the, uh, the gravel root and salt, when you go for an interview and the paper in your shoe, you'll be doing well. All right, next up is our network schedule announcement. The 
LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas. Take it away, Ramona. Okay. Um, now the spell that we're going to do is a spell to uncover any deceit that you may feel is around you Uh, when talking to a person, when trying to get at the truth, uh, whatever it may be, that is the spell. And it's going to take either a quartz crystal, a peridot, or a, um, gosh, I'd work with the, the crystal because it's, it's clear and it makes things clear mm-hmm. to you. Um, you want to charge it up. And I charge mine in the sun. I leave it out there to get the the energy in it and to cleanse it of any other negativity. And then you say this. Fake words used to deceive become a tangled web indeed. False intentions must be shown in order for the truth to be known. Let the facade be unveiled. Let the lies be derailed. From now on, no lies be told. Your true intentions will now unfold. You cannot hide. You cannot flee. Only truth can you tell to me. You cannot hide. You cannot flee. No longer will you lie to me. And then carry that stone with the, to the person that you're having the problems with and question them, and only truth will come out of their mouth. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, of those unfamiliar with uh, Miss Ramona Scott um, don't know that um, when she recites these, this is something that you have written, right, Ramona? Yes. Ramona writes these beautiful rhymed invocations and um, every time she brings a free spell here I'm just mind blown there's almost nothing mm. I can say because you, I love your rhyming incantations they're really phenomenal they're, they're, they are they're just amazing um, you can almost sing them That um, they are um, powerful incantations Wow. I was just about to say they have a lyrical quality to them. That's so, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Well, I don't know anything I can add to that. Um, it's a it's a it's a really really beautiful one. The use of quartz um, is interesting to me in this matter. So I'm going to ask you a little few questions about this. Quartz is sometimes used to clear negative conditions. You you agree right. with that, right? Right. Yeah. And um, uh, John St. Germain, who has written a book called Crystal Magic, talks about a well-known folk belief that although crystals used in magic other than quartz often have to be cleansed or cleared, the old word was cleared, nowadays people say cleansed, whatever, uh, it, it, it can be cleansed or cleared depending on your background, quartz never needs to really be cleared or cleansed because it's the universal clearer and cleanser. Do you uh, do you find that to be true? Because I certainly do. I do at times. It depends. But I also believe, I'm from a school that believes that, you know, quartz is used in a lot of things. And it, it reacts by it pulls in the negative to me it pulls in the negative if you're trying to clear someone because mm-hmm. it has to go somewhere and it goes inside the stone. And mm-hmm. I was taught to then take that stone out, uh, well, first to wash it with sea salt mm-hmm. and then take it outside in the sun and let it recharge. and it And it gets rid of whatever energy it has, negative energy it has pulled in from someone or something. That is also very, very common, and John talks about that in his Crystal Magic book. This is another different, very common belief that you can take quartz. um, Some people say just um, leave it overnight in salt or just rub salt on it and then take it out and let it charge in the sun. Some people also like to charge quartz under the moon for specific other purposes, but usually right. it's charged under the sun. Yeah, that's a these are it's so interesting to me that what you just described was almost word for word what a dear old friend of mine who's long since passed away, Susie Bosselman, used to say she would she would cleanse all of her quartz points and spheres mm-hmm. in salt and then leave them to charge under the sun or the moon, depending on what she was doing, usually the sun. And she would also use the points to do, oh, I guess what you would call layouts or grids. You know what I'm talking about, where you're yeah. where you're using them for various purposes. But you, the way you phrased it was almost identical to her. She was raised really? in Oklahoma. Um and uh, my gosh, if she were alive now, she'd be in her 90s, I guess. Um, and she knew an awful lot about crystals. So that's just that was a real um, kind of struck me how how similar your teachings are to hers. Very interesting. I mean, think about it because, like, even you know, like when you use it. Well, I use it for healing sometimes, or. Uh, And you're pulling out that sickness. Mm-hmm. And and that crystal is encapsulating that inside of it. Right. Right. You don't want well, to use go ahead, that again. You don't mm-hmm. want to use 
you know, and if you just put it up or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that energy is in there. And I, I think all things can get blocked, you know, and pull. And mm-hmm. so it's just my confidence to just cleanse it and, and charge it. I understand. It. I understand. All right. Well, this has been a very great show, and I thank you so much, Ramona. Um, Folks, if you want to come out to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, there will be ten workshops, and Ramona Scott Mm. will be leading a workshop on herbs for healing. And in particular, she's going to deal with what I would call the yin and the yang of herbs for healing. There's going to be herbs for quieting and soothing symptoms and herbs for energizing and uplifting. So, and you will get those herbs in your goodie box. <laughs> so, um, to hear more from Ramona, <laughs> get your ticket for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Um, I want to thank um, Papa G for channeling the spirit of Miss Tammy Lee. Um, <laughs> just a <laughs> y'all. <laughs> That's the rest of back, y'all. Miss <laughs> Tammy Lee was our first announcer on this show. Our beloved first announcer. Yeah, yeah, very wonderful person. She had a, a southern accent that Papa G brings with him. This is his first time announcing the show, so that was a surprise. Wow. He did an excellent right. job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanna take it away. We're gonna we're gonna have a little bit more of Papa G and then we'll all come back and uh, maybe I can make another announcement and maybe we can say goodbye. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week for our special Oracle Hour. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa G, joining you from folkmagicstudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>